Hey everybody, this is Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. Once the show's over, make sure you go over to our affiliate and check out their website for the world's most trusted hemp extract at Charlotte's Web. There, you're going to find lotions, balms, capsules, tinctures, whatever it is that you need that's going to help you feel your best on the daily basis. Once you're at checkout, make sure you save a few bucks by entering Jack15, and you're going to save 15% on your total purchase. Thanks for tuning in, enjoy the rest of the show, and see you soon. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. My name is Jack Stone. We got Ryan Chavez here. We are the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast, where we talk about the medical benefits of cannabis. Uh, what's going on, Ryan? How you feeling? Hey, how is everybody doing? Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. And uh, we want to make sure you guys are rating, subscribing, reviewing us on all the different platforms anywhere in the world where you may be listening, because that's where you can find us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Deezer. Um, thank you again for joining us. Ryan Chavez here. And today we have a special episode with a special guest. Um, usually, just to give you a background, we like to kind of give you guys a bird's eye view of different topics that we're maybe we're talking about and then really dig into that later on with experts that we'll bring on to fill in those gaps. Um, I've talked about this on the show before, mixing cannabis and herbs, right? Uh, botanicals has been an interest of mine in the past and uh, I, I've talked about it on here and I've actually dabbled, uh, dabbled in it a little bit. And uh, But today, uh, what we want to do, and we did do an episode on that a few a few months back now, yeah. but today we want to bring the expert on uh, to actually give you guys real advice on, on really how that stuff goes a, a little bit more, you know, how you can kind of work that into your life a little bit more if you'd like to. And that expert is Steve Sakala from Mana Artisan Botanics. So he is our guest today, yeah. uh, the founder of uh, both um, Artisan Botanics, Mana Artisan Botanics, and also, I uh, probably am going to say this wrong, Honanao Farms. I, I think yeah, pretty it's close. Honanao Farms. <laughs> Honanao Farms. All right. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. So Mana Artisan Botanics, to give you guys a background here, is Hawaii's premier wellness-driven hemp company. That's why we wanted to bring them on, and, and we're happy to have them here. Uh, they offer that whole plant hemp extract that we talk about as well, uh, nothing isolate. Um, isolate free, always very pure stuff as well. So oh, yeah. just a little background on Steve that I was reading to give you guys an idea of who you're going to be listening to today. Uh, he has been a leader in the medical cannabis and sustainability movements for more than two decades. Um, his company, Green Hawaii Genetics, I was reading, was also awarded the first contract to grow hemp for the state of Hawaii, which is really cool. Uh, Steve, uh, his cannabis journey, this is... Um, something I found really interesting as well, started for him at the age of 18 when he was assisting check this out, Jack Herrera on California's what? first medical cannabis initiative back in 1990, what, 92, I think it was. Yeah. At 92. Yeah. And, and that, that guy's, uh, that he has mentioned quite a bit on our show. So, um, Steve, you have a great mission all around. You've done a lot of great things in your past. I want to, you know, thank you for being on the show. With that being said, I'm going to pass over the, the mic to you and, and let you do a big, uh, nice introduction there from the beautiful big island of Hawaii. So thank you for coming on the show, Steve. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Really good to be with you. I mean, that, that was a great intro. I, I don't really have so much more to say. Um, oh, we got a lot of questions. Don't worry. All right. Good, good. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just so blessed, first of all, to, to be in Hawaii and to be under, you know, fresh air, fresh sunshine. It, it certainly helps making a holistic lifestyle. Um, a lot easier when you wake up to this amazing view of the ocean and, wow. um, you know, fresh food and eating food off the farm and yeah. fresh cannabis year round. So, oh. um, you know, that's a big part of the blessings of being in Hawaii and uh, born and raised in California. Oh. Uh, really, really a great opportunity to get turned on to cannabis early on. Um, just, you know, just before the end of high school, basically. 
And mm-hmm. it was fast and furious. I realized, mm-hmm. hey, this is something that's being kept from us for a reason. Red jacket, yep. prayers, the emperor wears no clothes, and everything mm-hmm. changed, literally. You know, view on religion, the view on education, the view on corporate structure, democracy. You know, Jack was yeah. a big part of really opening my eyes. And uh, I was lucky enough to then jump on. Um, he was working out of uh, Venice, you know, Santa Monica area. Whoa. And we would cruise down. I was uh, about an hour inland in the Inland Empire. And we'd cruise down and pick up our petitions and have meetings, collect wow. signatures, and, uh, you know, started the wave of, of change. Awesome. So um, I got to do so two, cool. two campaigns with him before we finally got it passed in 96. Wow. That is so freaking cool, Jack Herrera. That's that's really impressive. Now, what is that? Is that the big the, the main reason why you came to Hawaii was was for that? No, um, you know, cannabis was always a yeah. part of what I did, uh, pretty much from the age of eighteen on. But I, I um, the, my main driver is sustainability. You ah. know, cannabis was an aspect of what I love to do as my personal life. Um, but it wasn't really until I moved to Hawaii where it became more of my professional life. So. Uh, what brought me to Hawaii was uh, designing a, some sustainable agriculture systems for a community um, that wow. was an upstart here. They had uh, they were on five acres with access to up to 100 acres. I saw the opportunity to really make uh, a model. Um, you know, Buckminster Fuller was a big inspiration of mine in college. You know, he basically says, if we want to see the change in the world, we have to really build models so that people can understand it, experience it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so models became a big part of, uh, how I saw sustainability becoming, becoming a reality. And so I came to build a model here in Hawaii. A couple, couple years later, I ended up buying a farm with some friends and, um, then really dived into cannabis more as a profession. That's so cool. I mean, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the model. Uh, is this, is this the farm that you're talking about? The, yeah. So, yeah. well, so I, I came to Hawaii to work on a, uh, it was a nonprofit called the Resonance Project. They were a non-traditional physics community, mm-hmm. but they believe strongly in a sustainable community aspect. Um, and so I designed, um, basically it was a 35 acre permaculture biodiverse farm for them. Wow. Uh, and that was, that was a model that I worked on, um, for four years. Wow. But really now the model that I've been working on, um, I bought my farm in 2007, Honau Now mm-hmm. Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still working up there at the at the other farm, but was back and forth. And then I moved permanently to my farm in 2010, and that has been the model now since um, since then. I, I bring in a lot of education groups, uh, bring in elementary school students. Uh, oh. We do as much education as possible because the model really for me is the way I think we see the change that we want to see in the world. So allowing yeah. people, I know you know we do vacation rentals. People can come and stay. And experience the systems for themselves. Even if it's, hey, I could do this at home and it's maybe just composting or mm-hmm. saving water or being more aware of where their food comes from. Even if it's just a little piece of what we do, then that's making a difference in the world. Certainly, we would love to see the whole systems design component mm-hmm. come to fruition both in our urban centers and our in our rural centers. But the little pieces make a difference too. And that's the inspiration that we, we hope to instill um, with our modeling. And so when people go visit you, I mean, they're, they like what they typically experience in everyday life, they may not experience it when they go to your, so that's, that will be the change and the difference. Some of those things that you hope mm. that they will bring back and implement into their lives later indeed, on. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Stepping out of what might be normal, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's normal for us because we've lived in it now. You know, I've been uh, in my sustainable lifestyle for almost 25 years, right <laughs> out of Humboldt. Uh, I got my edu- my, my degree in Humboldt County. 
and mm-hmm. you know got to really immerse myself in sustainable culture as well as cannabis culture there but really that's our hope when people come to Honana farm is mm-hmm. they they experience it at the cellular level and yeah. that might not be the norm for them and for most people it's not they might have an interest in organic food or farm to table but they don't know what it means to live off grid and to harvest mm. their own rainwater and to go outside and have access year round to fresh fruits and food. It sounds like a New Yorker. Yeah, they're all like someone from Williamsburg is, you know, they're all, anyone in Brooklyn. They're all interested in, in, uh, in, in, you know, like eating well and like, mm-hmm. you know, sustainable eating and all that stuff. But, you know, they, they've never like lived in a camp or anything and been outside and lived and gone camping. New Yorkers. You know, well, you know everybody has got to start know. somewhere and do what they can, though, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like if you live in an urban center, I, I spent four years in West Africa living in a subsistence oh, culture in a, in a awesome. small uh, village. And so I have this connection to, you know, indigenous agriculture, indigenous culture. Um, And what I realized, though, after those four years, the majority of our planet's population lives in urban centers. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we concentrate on building sustainable systems for those people? Because that's the major impact on the planet. And so, you know, the fact that, you know, we have the, the urban centers like New York, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, you know, it's great to see the farm to table, um, Mm -hmm. slow food movement expanding because those people are the ones that are going to have to make the shifts to make the difference and move the needle. No, you're right. That's awesome. It's like a little par- little slice of heaven. You're in Hawaii, like a, <laughs> one of the most, this is the most beautiful place in the world. And you're like, you know, you, you're, you're growing your own food and you're just, you, you have cannabis. Oh man, it's, that's gotta be like a slice of heaven to be there. You know, it, it is, it is. And, um, you know, it's changed a lot. Um, you know, colonization and, um, you know, I always want to respect the, the ancestors mm. and the elders that have come before me and, and mm. the people of this land, the indigenous people. For sure. Um, they really set the model. And that that's, you know, that's the beautiful part of this yeah. is the Hawaiian culture and the way that they demonstrated sustainable, thriving agriculture is the pieces that I get to borrow from to create my little heaven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get to add in some, te- some technology, obviously, Um Mm-hmm. And I, they probably weren't growing hemp and cannabis. Maybe they were. <laughs> um, you know, the tropics isn't a great uh, uh, climate to grow cannabis in, but uh, we make it work. And to be able to grow um, my year-round herbs, uh, both cannabis yeah. and, and otherwise, is truly a slice of heaven, mm. no doubt. So absolutely. Cool. In, in the Big Island, absolutely. <laughs> On the Big Island, west side. I'm in South Kona. I'm about 30 minutes south of, of downtown uh, Yeah, that's, that's a great area. The, the, love that area beautiful all the black sand and all that's love it um so i i actually you kind of uh, you know alluded a lot to this and because on the show we we talk a lot about whole plant extracts and you know healthy clean sources for your cannabis and all that good stuff um when you visit your website it's obvious that you're making a point to talk about the integration of holistic Mm -hmm. uh you know healthy being and being derived really from the local resources and community as well it's just really what you were talking about but but not every business um really, you know, not every business does that, right? Not every business has that connection with their community. Not every business in other industries or or as well really have that idea that, you know, they should be running things holistically. My idea is that I think that you can run. I think you can run an accounting firm holistically. I think you can connect with your community if you're an accounting firm too, right? So I'm just curious if you can expand on that idea, but that philosophy that you guys have. Yeah. You know, it's another one of my models, you know, I I didn't really intend to get into manufacturing, you know, my passion is on the land Mm. and growing plants and agriculture. However, I saw, you know, that there 
you know, I've been growing CBD, high CBD plants for, for over 10 years. And early on, I saw the, the potential for this um, and impacting people's lives. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't expect to start a corporation. I didn't expect to, to become a manufacturer. Um, but I saw it as an opportunity to create another model. Mm-hmm. And it was a model of a triple bottom line company, a, a company that's focused not just on creating, you know, income for its owners and its shareholders, but one that, you know, really uplifts the community as well as models, you know, an environmental aspect. So this triple bottom line of profit people and planet. Mm. was the model that I wanted to really see perpetuated by something that we could do in the cannabis industry. And not only that, you know, being in Humboldt, I knew what an impact the cannabis industry is having on our environment. Everybody kind of thinks of cannabis as a green industry, but unfortunately, it's far from it. A lot of chemical fertilizers, a lot of pesticides. Um, So it was another opportunity to model the organic uh, options for cannabis and cannabis users to have options. You know, we see this, like we were just talking about, we see everybody... Not everybody. We see a lot of this movement towards farm to table and organic food and holistic living and herbs. How do we bring that forth in the cannabis space? Mm-hmm. Most people that go to a dispensary are buying chemically grown herb or yeah. pesticide, you know, and they don't even realize it. And so it's a huge opportunity to educate um, cannabis connoisseurs and those that enjoy cannabis for all types of um, uses that they have an option. And that option, if they want to use it in a holistic way and to optimize their health, they really need to know where it's coming from and how it's grown. Mm, and yep. so that was something that was important to me in starting Mono Artists and Botanics was um, giving people that option for organic cannabis um, synergized with organic botanicals. Absolutely. Yeah. You can drink the town water, but if it has arsenic in it, it's not going to get you very far, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, right? It's exactly I mean, it's it everywhere is. in our environment now, right? Yeah. It's, we have over 10,000 yeah. man-made chemicals and there's no studies about what those do when they mix with each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. it's like they're everywhere in our environment, our cleaning products, our food, our water. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to do our best to, to live a clean lifestyle and, um, and cannabis is one of our allies. Yeah. Hundred awesome. percent. Kind of going off that with the with the the customers you're seeing and uh, your experience in the CBD world, like uh, well, cannabis world. Do you see? Do you see more? Like, why do you think so many people are turning to CBD right now? Yeah, great question. Well, I, I think as far as plant allies go in the in the herbal world, you know, cannabis covers so many categories that mm-hmm. it's an it's an easy one to be able to talk to people about, and it covers so many different health challenges and health benefits. You know, I, I, we always say at the company, there is no silver bullet to health, yeah. right? And cannabis is not the silver bullet. Yeah. But when it comes to the natural world, this is a God-given plant that has yeah. a huge impact on a lot of people's lives. And so, you know, the reason I really saw the benefit of CBD early on, uh, almost 10 years ago, is it had an impact in so many people's different lives in different ways, whether it was pain, anxiety, sleep. And inflammation, you know, those are kind of the four main buckets that we saw the major impacts. And so to be able to offer that in an over-the-counter, legally growing, cross-state lines product with mm-hmm. a, a hemp-based product um, grown in Hawaii in, in most of our ingredients from Hawaii, you know, it was um, it was something that we knew that we really wanted to be able to inspire people. And, and people's reactions and benefits to the plant was what kept us inspired. That's, that's amazing. Um, now with all these people that are, you know, utilizing CBD, um, what do you see like the common ailments people, you know, using it for? Yeah. Yeah. Those four main buckets are probably the big ones. Um, and we're, we're, we're careful in our world to not mm-hmm. make any 
structure and function claims. Um, Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's pain, it's anxiety, yeah. it's sleep. Those are probably the main three as well as inflammation. You know, we know that because of all those chemicals we talked about and, uh, and our busy lifestyles of the Western world, the demands, I mean, look at COVID over the last year, yeah, yeah. Um, we live a stressful life. Our body is constantly pumping stress chemicals. And so inflammation is one of the, the things that leads to all these health challenges over time, the consistent forms of inflammation. And yeah. the fact that cannabis um, combats that in multiple different ways with balancing out the endocannabinoid system, um, that is, you know, what leads to better sleep. It helps the pain. Mm -hmm. It helps reduce stress. Um, it's that anti-inflammation quality, even though if people don't associate it with the anti-inflammation and it's coming out as a benefit in a different way, um, it's that holistic health benefit um, in those major categories that I think people keep coming back. 100%. And I'm uh, inflammation, like I have colitis. So it's like, it's, it's been done wonders. It's, and I haven't had like a inflammation si situation in a long time because I, you know, I consume cannabis. So I totally, right. what you're doing is awesome. Thanks, bud. <laughs> really and, and, and you know, the, the other thing is we know now yeah. that the Western medical system has absolutely nailed some of what it does, mm -hmm. broken bones, surgeries, but when it comes to holistic living and lifestyles, yeah. Western medicine is, <laughs> um, let's say, missing the mark, yeah. to say mm -hmm. it politely. Yeah. And so a lot of people are looking to get um, healthy without prescription medicines. So and, no you know, we have this plant kingdom at our fingertips have been used for eons that, um, you know, has been a part of our lifestyle for so long. We want to I think so many people are starting to look back towards the indigenous wisdom of plant medicine so dope. and cannabis stands out because of its history and because of its uses. Um, so I think the, the wake up, the, 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 the waking consciousness of people away from pharmaceuticals has also been a big, a big boost for CBD and cannabis. Yeah. It, it just seems like if you can take the, the lifestyles of those like a hundred years ago, like they're eating and they're, and they're like activity habits and you just pair that with like today's Western technology, right? right. <laughs> it's like, right. it would be so much better. And, and if you combine well, that with some Eastern philosophy as well, yeah. right? Like that, that even gets even better from there. So Absolutely. it's just, yeah. It, I mean, the, the traditional Chinese medicine has yeah. 10,000 years of documented studies of the human body. Yeah. Uh, you know, wild. it's like they, they have some, some information that we're probably lacking in our 200 year old country here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, how do we incorporate the wisdom of, of traditional Chinese medicine and the Eastern philosophies into our technologically advanced world? Um, mm -hmm. I think that they all can coexist. It's just a matter of how, how do we do that for our own individual lifestyles as well as the collective holistic lifestyle? So and just being I open to the idea of it, right? Like yeah. that's really what it 100%. is, right. is just being open to the idea of, of, you know, not everything has to come in the form of a pill and not mm -hmm. every person is the authority figure on what the best thing is for you. Right. That's and that's, right. that's the doctors. Uh, I, doctors are great and I have gone to them plenty of times and I'll go to them more in my life, I'm sure. But right. Right. But like you got to sometimes I love the doctor that actually listens to me and doesn't just prescribe. Right. And doesn't just say this is what you have to do. They, they right. give you options. They listen. Right. And that's that's what I like. So, yeah. you know, right. I, yeah. I think the important piece of that is, you know, we have to honor the, the, the doctors and the wisdom that they hold. Absolutely. However, yeah, it's, you know, doctors don't have to take any nutrition classes in their studies. Mm -hmm. Zero. <laughs> It's not a requirement. Oh, yeah. So it's here wild. we go to our doctors thinking they're, they're, they're helping us with our health. 
Yeah. But really, they're helping us with our symptoms mm-hmm. in a way that they've been trained, which is yeah. pharmaceutically. Yeah. Um, and is and if we know that diet and nutrition is the foundation of health, why aren't we looking towards our nutritionist, our, our yep. and not traditionally trained nutritionists, not the food pyramid traditionally, <laughs> right. but, the food pyramid. but those that actually know nutrition as our first step towards health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's an important distinction in our Western world. Yeah. And, and that's the hope is that, I mean, I, I kind of feel like with cannabis kind of, you know, budding through the roof a little bit, it, it, the hope is that it'll kind of turn everybody towards a more holistic way of looking at things, because I think people will find once they and people are finding this more and more every day in this country and in Canada and all over the world really that when you start taking it all your a lot of your issues just start dropping off right and it's just from what you've said before you're hitting the core of what it is that you're the problem is mm-hmm. right, right. So I, you know a lot of people ask me what are a few things i can do besides you know starting to use canvas for some of my my challenges and the number one thing you know well Obviously, you know, diet and exercise and a spiritual belief or a spiritual yeah. practice are the main pillars. Yeah. Um, but if we're looking at diet and nutrition, the one thing that we can do that would have a major impact is cut out refined sugar. Mm, that's just huge. People did that alone. I mean, think about the yeah. GI challenges and the obesity and, you know, the, the uh, anxiety. If we just cut out sugar, refined sugars, what impact would that have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a massive impact. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think bec- mainly because like, I, I feel like the mood swings that happen drive yeah. people to make bad decisions a lot of the times. Right. And like a lot of those bad decisions just won't be happening because you'll be in a better mood, a better balanced place. And you just you'll be making better decisions. <laughs> you know, so that's, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a great documentary out a few years ago about sugar and, uh, Katie Couric, uh, mm-hmm. helped, um, um, present on it. I mean, it had uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, mm-hmm. it was basically a world-class documentary on how the corporations and the food industry have gotten us addicted to sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and how if you if you if you if you do everything else right, but you don't cut out your refined sugars, you're not going to move the needle enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. potentially. Um, so if people haven't seen that, they should go check it out. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but um. Excellent, excellent documentary on refined sugar and how we bambo- we've been bamboozled. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing for people to watch now, probably during a pandemic or at t- the <laughs> tail end of it, <laughs> to get back into the swing of things of being healthy again. Because I no bet doubt. your refined sugar has shot up through the roof yeah. during this pandemic for most people yeah. out there listening. <laughs> so, um, super addictive too, sugar. It's like yeah, it's insane. That's the other thing. So many Very bad things about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we could find that and put it in the notes. I, I've heard of it. I didn't see it, but I, I've heard, I heard of this documentary. Yeah, so. let's let's try and find that yep. and get that in the notes. Yeah. It's a must-see. Must yeah. see. We'll get it in there. We will. Um, I have something on top of this. It's very similar, uh, similar to what we're talking about here, asking about what, you know, CBD stuff. We also, you know, are talking about botanicals. So I'm, I'm really interested in that, that combination of the two with, with cannabis and, and the herbs. Um, I, you know, enjoy sometimes utilizing, uh, some lavender or something within my cannabis, uh, different teas possibly even like green tea or something like that it's kind of cool yeah Yeah. can you talk about some of the most popular herbs that you guys use there and and uh how they're most paired effectively with cannabis and even maybe some ideas for those at home to think about as well yeah yeah absolutely uh you know luckily um here in hawaii we have so much variety and so i really got to um envision and play with what was possible for this kind of holistic approach in a way that um, that's others might not have access to as far as fresh product. Yeah. Um, but when I started formulating some of my CBD products, 
uh, it really occurred to me early on in monobotanics uh, and my previous version of monobotanics was called high CBD organics. Um, it was clear to me that turmeric mm. was this amazing herb that I grow uh, in my front yard here on the farm that um, has similar qualities to, to CBD with its anti-inflammatory, anti-carcinogenic, helps with pain and inflammation, um, has been used for eons. And I thought, what would what would happen if I put these together? And I started making coconut oil blends and MCT Whoa. blends and um, getting people's, uh, you know, um, thoughts and reactions. And now, you know, science shows, you mm-hmm. know, how there's this beautiful synergy yeah. because of the curcumin and um, the alkaloids and cannabis, I mean, in very similar and synergistic qualities as uh, as something that combining them, you're getting then the benefits of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, turmeric. What's great about turmeric, and, and some people, uh, obviously, it's a hot it's a hot um, adaptogen in the markets right now, and for good reason. You know, there's a lot of fancy trends that hit like mangosteen. It was a flash. Um, you know, mm. kind of hot, hot antioxidant, new antioxidant in the fruit. And now you don't see it around. Mm. Turmeric is going to be here to stay. And there's a reason for that. You know, 10,000, over 10,000 documented studies, peer reviewed studies on the benefits of turmeric. Mm. Um, and so this is a well documented, in fact, more, um, well studied than any other herb pretty much on the planet. Mm. Wow. And so, that's um that's one of the reasons why turmeric was a no-brainer for us to play with in combining cannabis. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of the other herbs we use, and I'm sure you've covered this on your your show many times, but a lot of the other herbs we use really relate to the terpene profiles, <laughs> the Tulsi. Um, you know, such beautiful terpenes come off the holy basil, and so we do a lot with yeah. um here on the farm with Tulsi and, and CBD and cannabis. I don't have it in my mono products yet, but stay tuned; it could be coming. Um, and then, you know, passion vine, passion vine is one Mm. that, um, we know works on the endocannabinoid system. It's been used traditionally for sleep, anxiety, depression. Um, you can use it separately, of course, for all those things Mm -hmm. and combining it with CBD and getting that synergistic effect, um, really has some potent applications. It takes that, that, that sleep quality of the CBD that much deeper, the anti-anxiety, and and and, um, and the antidepressive qualities uh, really highlighted when we combine that passiflora with the CBD. Is that passion flower? Is that is that passion flower? Yeah, I know they all have like a bazillion different names that they probably go by too. So <laughs> they do passion vine, yeah. passion flower, passiflora is the active co- compound yeah. in the Latin name. So yeah. you kind of hear it uh, interchangeably used. Wow. Yeah, passion flower uh for sure every time I've ever used that has mm. been incredibly effective just on its own. Like I just on its own I, I found it to That's be really right. effective. And um I yeah, I would take turmeric. Uh my wife and I took a cooking class, an Indian cooking class. Uh-huh. Literally, it was the last thing we did before the pandemic hit in Brooklyn. Mm. And then yeah. the next week the pandemic hit and we didn't do anything again for a year. <laughs> wow. But we bought we bought this amazing turmeric and these spices from this this lady that cooks these amazing, you know, these yeah. mating Indian Indian cooking classes. And and I, you know, we didn't cook Indian food every night. Um it's a Mexican family here. 
uh-huh. uh, Mexican American family. But uh, but we uh, I took the turmeric and I was I was out of it in like a month and because every day I just throw it in my water mm, and right. I just suck yeah. it right down with everything else I put in there and it's yeah. like it just I felt so much better when I was doing that and I was just thinking the other day mm-hmm. that I need to do that again. I need to get more turmeric and do that. I think I was even on maybe your website. I was seeing the turmeric. Tum- like, turmeric should be one of those everyday herbs and yeah. spices. Yes, I mean, that's right. Ayurveda, there's five of them, and turmeric is one of them um, because great, of great. its if its ability to flush the the free radicals, the antioxidant mm. qualities. Yeah, um, it is again one of our biggest allies up there with cannabis. Wow, um, yeah. can't suggest it enough. Make sure you know your listeners make know to get high quality turmeric. Okay. A lot of the turmeric you get out there might um, you know have been on the shelves or sitting around for two to three years. Um, yeah. Again, as much as you can, organic. Uh, a lot, almost all of it comes out of India. But you yeah, can get a yeah. lot of nice Hawaiian organically grown mm. turmeric as well. We have a nice booming turmeric industry here in Hawaii. So yeah, can't say enough about turmeric. Just it doesn't awesome. get the press probably because it's because uh, it's legal. It's <laughs> probably why it doesn't <laughs> get the press. I, ironically, <laughs> I know, I know. There is something about that all outlaw yeah. nature. Not yeah. it's like if it's oh, it's legal, huh? If it's like no, that means yeah. you should go buy it and use it. <laughs> But, I got like a special um, mug from turmeric because like I remember the first time I used I put some of the powder the the yellow powder and like and like a hot tea and like I like stained the mug and my girlfriend's like you stained the mug so I got I got like a turmeric like cup. <laughs> because, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's the one thing about turmeric. Don't get it on your white shirt when you're taking your pink shirt. Um, you know right. your blender right. if you're blending it, it's gonna be yellow. Yeah. But then you know you know hey if you walk into someone's house and they got turmeric stained stuff, uh, you know they're a homie. You're yeah. like you're on the right trip. <laughs> If you just smell it or see orange all over the place, they're good That's to go. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I yeah. actually used to work in an Indian restaurant, so that wasn't the reason why. Like back in college, but like <laughs> yeah. I came right. back, I used to like your spices and everything. Every night, I came back and I smelled like turmeric and, and cooking spices. But yeah. uh, that was fun. The food was fantastic <laughs> working there. Um, yeah. no, but that's, 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 that's really good so stuff. Cool. And, and so turmeric, um, you would say out of the ones that you use, that is like for you, the most impressive, like, I mean, it's, I know they're all probably, they, yeah. they are. And again, the diversity we have here at our, at our fingertips is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Turmeric stands out above all of them. And a big part of that is because of our Western mind mm. and we want to know something's working. There's no, there's no woo woo in turmeric. Yeah. You know, that the fact that we have these 10,000 peer reviewed studies That's and, uh, and FDA approval on, on structure and function claims. Um, this is a, a quality plant medicine that is proven to help. And not only that, but it's already proven to be better than I think it's 10 or 15 pharmaceutical medicines. Yeah. So if you're using any of those medicines, you could be using a natural organic plant medicine instead of the pharmaceutical chemically made versions mm-hmm. and, and be getting better or the same benefits. So that's why turmeric stands out, mm-hmm. you know, and I could go on about a lot of the other botanicals that I have yeah. here, but turmeric stands out for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. No, you got me thinking. I got to get more turmeric again, actually. That's... More turmeric. <laughs> I'll send you some out. Hawaiian turmeric, actually. Yeah. We'll get your address. I'll get you some Hawaiian oh, All right. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be great. Better turmeric than I get around here in Western New York, I'm sure. <laughs> um, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, we put it in all of our oils. All the monobotanic yeah. oils Ooh. have turmeric because I was like, if we're going to do an oil, yeah, turmeric should be in all of them. There's yeah. just yeah. no reason not to. For our sure. fresh vanilla, the turmeric, because there's no reason not to have turmeric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and especially because I've 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 experienced how potent it is as an anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. and just yeah. like just what it does. And and 
I have not, I mean, you're probably, I mean, I'm sure that all of us are the same way. I haven't taken anything over the counter since I've experienced all these natural remedies over the past few years. Like it's only been, you know, cannabis and things like turmeric to, to help with things like inflammation or any other discomforts that I may have. So it's just, right. yeah, it's, amazing? what's that? Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I feel so much cleaner because right. of it. Right? right. Yeah. When you feel that way, you don't want to go back. Right. Exactly. You're absolutely right. It just always feels better. Right. I, I, when I start feeling my myself shifting back to that, I'm like, no, 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 come on, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> right, right. Your body almost doesn't let you. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. Because that you know it could be better. That's why. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You know it feels better. Um, right. I, I had a question, though, about the, the hemp. Um, I know that typically uh, just from growing, like I know that you've grown it in Hawaii, but like yeah. it seems like um, and I think you kind of alluded to this earlier. It may not be the best place to grow. If you can just kind of talk about that a little bit. I know like Colorado yeah, yeah. and like I mean, California, tropics, maybe. Right. Yeah. The tropics are phenomenal for growing so much. Cannabis, not exactly one of those. Um, um, yeah. At least not on the commercial scale. I mean, I, I can, you know, my, my greenhouse, I can do beautiful cannabis crops. But mm-hmm. it's a controlled, small scale craft connoisseur environment. Mm-hmm. I give attention to each plant. When you get to the commercial level and you're dealing with high humidity, uh, you're dealing with uh, year-round pest problems because we don't have a winter or a freeze to kill mm. pests, mm-hmm. then you're working against a lot of elements that um, on a commercial level become much more challenging. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, sense. could you grow hemp in a warehouse like they do um, the dispensary herb? Yeah. Is that the, the hemp that we want to put in our products? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could grow it in Hawaii, but... Uh, we choose to support local uh, or actually uh, organic regenerative farmers on the West Coast mm. that we know and, and have visited and trust. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that's I, I prefer sun growing organic mm. in the soil, um, regeneratively grown crops. And so we go to our um, our historically organic farmers are on the West Coast and support them to to grow our hemp and uh and then put it in the monobotanics products with all the hawaiian delicious ingredients yeah there so you go cool. mind the, take the best of both worlds there you go it is it is <laughs> and coming from california um i know the quality of the hemp there um you know colorado have some buddies growing organic hemp there oregon another crew from my humble crew organic hemp there mm-hmm. so yeah. it's really you know it's i awesome. get to choose the best of the best organic <laughs> um and hawaii you know like, like you said in the beginning, I did grow hemp for the state of Hawaii. And so I did do some commercial growing. And that's when I actually stepped away from the idea of wanting to be a hemp farmer in Hawaii. Mm. Um, because I love growing craft hemp and craft cannabis. But wow. as far as battling the elements in Hawaii to pull off a commercial hemp crop, I didn't want it to steal the, the magic. Mm. And yeah. um, so I thought, you know, let's do this where, where it's appropriate. Now, that's on the big island. Some of the other islands like Maui and Kauai, um, they have drier sides where they have good soil. And so mm-hmm. they're able to do hemp um, uh, a bit more sustainably and, than we can on the big island. Unfortunately, the way the big island set up, our dry side of the island is a very young part of the island. And we have um, very young soils, mostly volcanic rock. And mm-hmm. so it's tractor farming and planting hemp in the ground is oh. very, very challenging. And then on the mm-hmm. east side where there's better soils, you know, it's the Hilo side up to almost 300 inches of rain a year. Um, and I haven't yeah. seen a successful crop come out of there yet, even though they've been trying. Wow. Yeah. 
So that wouldn't be worth it even yeah, <laughs> to even go that like route it. and give it, it a shot. It really, I don't think it is, which is why yeah. I stepped back after growing, um, you know, hemp for, for the state and doing yeah. some genetic studies for them. I was like, there's potential. If we take the years to develop a seed and a variety that's acclimatized to the tropics and what mm. a impact that would have on the rest of the developing uh, world to have access to a, a hemp crop that's actually suitable mm. for the tropics. We're just not there yet, you know. Yeah. Almost all the cannabis varieties and hemp varieties are suited for the northern temperate climates. Yeah. And um, so it'll take time to to develop that for the tropics. Well, Hawaiian haze. Is that not a <laughs> it, 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 the Hawaiian haze is a high THC. Um, yeah, it's not, there is some, some hemp being called the Hawaiian yeah. haze now. Yeah. Um, but it's still being grown, you know, it's an Oregon variety. Those yeah. guys up in mm. Oregon, the C B D crew, um, started that one. Uh yeah. So it's not a, it's not adapted. I would say. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Great name. Know but it. Not Look adapted. It. Yeah, it may, know it, I, I feel like I'm in Hawaii at least, not Oregon, when I use it. So that's right. There you go. <laughs> um, I had a question. Uh, I, I had a, another question. Just one more question mm-hmm. here. Just a uh, you know general one. Uh, what, do you have a favorite product? Um, mm. for your uh, for you know I, I'm sure you have a ton of stuff. I mean, do you have a favorite product for what you make, or oh, is man, it something you make question. like your own stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, the the product I use every day is the oil, Um, the oil with turmeric and fresh vanilla. Mm. Um, So it's our Mm. classic oil. Um, The 3X oil is great as well. But for me, the classic oil with that turmeric and the fresh organic vanilla, I I take it daily as well as I use it as a facial and beard serum. So, Mm. you know, it's like I get the internal and the external. Yeah. Uh, So it stands out on the top for me. It's so versatile. It covers all the bases. Um, But, you know, we have so many great products because we're using Hawaiian ingredients. Our mm. organic lehe, lehua honey is one of the world's rarest honeys. It's, it comes yeah. from an endemic flower and tree here in Hawaii that's not found anywhere else in the world. Wow. And so we infuse that with, uh, with lots of our, our love. And, you know, that's a standout product as well as our bomb. Our bomb's mm. the bomb. <laughs> uh, all organic ingredients, uh, yeah. three organic essential oils that really are just delightful and um, comfrey and plantain off of our farm here in Honau now. So that comfrey in the plantain that um, comes off the farm is just thriving. So mm. it's nice oh. to have it in a balm and use it for topical oh, that's use. So cool. Yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, I mean, if you have all that all those options out there, I mean, that's like you know, it's it's amazing that you just you, that's what you have access to mm-hmm. on a daily basis. It's great. It is. <laughs> it really is. I, I, give, really I nice. give thanks every day. You know, it's yeah. work. You yeah. know, you know, yeah. a lot of people kind of glaze over how much work farming is and. Yep. Um, keeping up a year-round lifestyle that's on a farm when there isn't a winter to rest, um, mm-hmm. but it's a but it is a lifestyle that I give thanks for each and every day to be able to go yeah. out, spend time with the plants, use the plants, eat from the farm. Um, fresh fruit year-round is is phenomenal, and also just like obviously what we talked. I mean, you're doing a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Like you're you're pushing like goodness out into the world as well at the same time. So it's like I mean, there's no way you can feel bad about it. I, I would say at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure there's things that happen every now and then, but you know, it's, uh, uh, more, it's more than every now and then. You know, <laughs> the tropics, things are rotting every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, but you're right. The goodness um, really stands out in the fact that we get to share it with people from all over the world that come to Hawaii to experience yeah. the the rest and the relaxation and <sighs> the and the restoration of, of, you know, our busy lifestyles, they get to come and they think of Hawaii as the spot to totally let all of that go. And we get to receive them and then inundate them with, um, you know, positivity with food and plant medicines. Uh, yeah. gosh, what a, what a gift. Yeah. We got to go here, Ryan. 
This this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just I I literally was just come on guys, come there. on. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, I, I'm going right. to tell my wife about this afterwards. The family. Like, Where are yeah. you going? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah when, when when they can deal with a 10-hour flight, they can come to the two and four-year-old. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm getting kicked off a flight in the middle of the Pacific Ocean because they won't put a mask on for right now. Right, true enough, true enough. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe grandma will watch and we'll go, you know? Maybe yeah, we'll yeah. Like well, you guys there come you on. When you, whenever you're yeah. ready, we'll, we'll make some space for you guys. Yeah. Oh, man. That, yeah, yeah. we'd love to talk yeah. about that for sure. Um, well, listen, Steve, th- this has been, uh, I, got, I really enjoyed I got this one more. Hold on. Well, one, one last question. Um, oh, sorry. okay. Hold on. Jack has Didn't another question. There, right? um, so, like, wh- where do you see the, the future of cannabis in the next uh, five or ten years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I'm, a fran- I'm a fan of decriminalization mm. versus legalization. I'll tell you why. Um, because um, we live in a corporate world, mm. and I don't think that cannabis belongs um, in the corporate realm. And so by decriminalization, we give people access. We take any criminal pen- penalties out of it. Um, but we leave the, mm. the cannabis and the plant in the hands of mom and pop operations and yeah. small scale operations. And so I think it probably will be legalized and we'll, we'll see corporate, um, corporations coming in. We know that Philip Morris funds a lot of uh, stuff on the West Coast, hemp wise and whatnot. It's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope that the, the demand supports the connoisseurs, supports the craft industry, supports those that are taking the extra steps to grow cannabis in the way that um, is most helpful and beneficial and holistic. So I see it going in two different directions, the corporate model and the craft model, like we see in beer and and other ways. And I hope that um, as many people that realize that they have the option choose supporting the small scale guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like you got like the Bud Lights or you got like the craft beer, the Bud Lights will be like the, the industrial, like, uh, um, these, these big corporations and then mom and pop, like the craft that's, that's super interesting. And that's, yeah, I totally agree. Support the local, the, the smaller mom and pop cannabis growers, hundred percent. Right. right. Just like you do with food, right? Know your farmer, know your food, yeah. know your farmer, know your medicine, you know, shop locally, buy locally and, um, and organic when, when you can. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think the, uh, and just touching on that for a second, like just, I think big beer, right? Big alcohol was mm. big for like years, right? And then if just recently, I feel like the past 10, 15, maybe 20 years at most, I feel like is when craft beer started to like really take over. Yeah, I yeah. think we're going to learn from that. This is my opinion. I hope I'm right too. I feel like I we'll like learn from that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll say, all right, like you can get this from, you know, whoever former philip morris or you can go to the craft guy right Mm -hmm. and i've always found that i just always enjoy the craft beer like i I always enjoy the craft beer i I, if i have the option it's just the way i go because there's more variety there's you experience more right there's new things that you'll you'll hit when you're drinking the craft stuff that you just you're gonna get almost the same taste every time because they have to make it that way with the big guys because they got to you know please everybody yeah right right. so you just get more of what you want when you go craft and i think Cannabis more than anything is going to be that industry that is just going to, I think, drive that hope, I think, from the beginning, because there is an emphasis on that from the beginning, especially I know New York has really tried to do that, too, with our legalization. Like, we're, we're, there's a lot of that that they're doing. So um, always more to be done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I, I, that's my hope as well. <laughs> but um, yeah. Steve, I, just any more questions, Jack? Oh, no, it's been great. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Steve. Awesome. Steve. Yeah, awesome conversation. Really, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. This is this is right in line with what I love talking about on a regular basis. So it's been great to have you on and, and chat about it. Uh, Steve, yeah. where can our listeners find you and, and all that good stuff? Like what website, Twitter, 
uh, Instagram. Yep. Yep. Uh, all the above, except for Twitter, not very active on Twitter. Um, for <laughs> yep. some reason that one's been like a block for me and for us. Um, <laughs> but certainly, certainly our websites, uh, yeah. uh monobotanics.com. You mm. can check out our philosophy and all of our products. Um, if you want to see what we do on the farm side or come potentially stay with us in Hawaii, you can check out honaunafarm.com. We got a new website coming this month. So, uh, stay tuned for that updated version. You can come see some of our experiences, take tours, even if you don't want to come stay with us, come wander the farm with us. Um, and then, of course, Instagram and um, and Facebook and all those stuff. Uh, Mono Botanics and Honano Farm. Awesome. All right. Thanks well, for having me on, guys. It's been fun. Uh, you know, absolutely. keep up the good work. Keep spreading the good word. Awesome. Well, Steve, like I said, it's been a blast. And everybody, thank you for coming on again. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. You can find us. Jack, where can they find us? You usually kick us off on this part. Uh, cannabis C on Instagram, cannabis C at gmail.com is our website or is our email address and the cannabis kind of sort podcast on YouTube. Um, the cannabis C.com is our website. Thanks guys. Big aloha to you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Aloha, Steve and aloha everybody else out there. Live a more holistic life. Can't wait to see you guys again next time on the cannabis kind of podcast. See you soon. Thanks. See everybody. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.